Welcome to this special podcast episode about student housing cooperatives at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. In this episode, I sat down with several residents from four of Ann Arbor's co-ops to learn more about their experiences in this housing system. Through these conversations, you'll learn more about the boundaries between public and private within cooperative housing, such as what ownership looks like in a shared environment, how common resources are utilized, and how residents find privacy in these group spaces. In general terms, a housing cooperative is a jointly owned, democratically controlled enterprise. Many housing co-ops try to keep living affordable and adaptable to current housing needs. Housing cooperatives exist around the world and every community is different, depending on the needs of its members and the broader society. The first cooperative house at the University of Michigan was organized by graduate students in the Student Socialist Club during the Great Depression. By 1941, 11 co-ops had been established and the Inter-Cooperative Council, or the ICC, was established in 1937 to help coordinate the operations of this growing housing community. The ICC now manages 16 co-ops and 21 properties that provide low-cost community living to over 500 students in Ann Arbor. The ICC is member-owned and operated, with the assistance of non-resident, full-time, and part-time staff members. The ICC continues to provide homes for students and a few non-students that embody quality living, community, and social equality, safety and affordability, ongoing education, shared work, and lifelong friendships. I really think it's like the intentional community, I think is like definitely the biggest aspect of it all, especially with sort of the idea of like ownership over the house, you know what I mean? Is like you're like moving into a house to own it with people you don't necessarily know. And I think like it really is just like joining a group almost, you know what I mean? You're listening to Seth, a second year student living in Owen House. The idea of ownership came up across these conversations, which makes sense since joint house ownership is central to the definition of a housing cooperative. However, the concept of ownership in the co-ops is fairly different from that of a more capitalistic, privatized society. Laura, a senior who has lived in Deb's co-op for two years, explains how she understands ownership in her house. The way that I look at ownership in the house is that I am, um, you know, ready and willing to share everything uh, or else I wouldn't be living in this house, I feel like. I guess I focus on it um, as kind of what I was just saying of if it's a shared thing, everyone has a responsibility to take care of it. It's not like a give and take um, or like a one-to-one share of anything, but it's like, oh, you use this, like you want it to stay nice. So you, you know, continue to clean it or like don't mess it up. Um, And I think one thing that people who aren't familiar with the co-ops come in and see um, is like, you know, maybe the walls are not quite as repaired as you'd want them to be if, you know, you are, <laughs> well, I guess landlords don't really repair their walls very well either. But I, I think, you know, if I were to move into a new apartment, I would expect things to not look like they need repairs, like to, um, to see everything kind of perfect. And I feel like that's something that I've really gotten over um, living in the co-ops is that not everything has to be perfect. Like it can be exactly usable. It can be, um, yeah, it can be functional and fine. And it doesn't impact me one way or another. Like I can keep my own room as 
you know, clean and pristine and perfect as I want it to be. But, you know, if it's a shared space, it just needs to be functional. And if it's not functional, you work together to fix it. I feel like one thing that um, has been really good about the co-ops that I don't know if it, if the co-ops taught me this or if I came in kind of with this assumption because I have seen other people come in without it, um, especially with food and uh, resources that can be depleted. Um, I noticed that a lot of people come in feeling the need, like I said, kind of this one-to-one trade, like I put in X amount of money and get X amount of food back. Um, and I don't think I've really ever seen it that way. Um, I definitely love the pooled resources uh, idea, especially because it makes things cheaper. It makes things more sustainable. There's a fun understanding that feels a lot more uh, family-like than, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but um, less like an exchange and more like a, a caring, sharing thing of, um, especially when you're buying things with the house, but not using house money. It's like, oh, like I'll pay for something and you just get me next time. Like you don't need to do the direct transaction um, the whole time, which I definitely feel with my friends who I don't live in the co-ops. I think a part of it in the way, there's a part of me that's like, partly like I know legally, like I, I kind of own this house, you know? I think that's something that's just like also just like a cool part of it is that like yeah. legally I'm one, isn't it technically like one five hundredth of like 16 houses or whatever, something like 524th. that. 524th. <laughs> yeah, some like whatever, but like legally like I am an owner in this house and I think part of it that like really stands out to me is like recently after living in this house for like two semesters is I like care about like the physicalness of this house and like its ability to maintain itself and its ability to stay like structural. Like I care about the maintenance projects. If I see something that's like not working, I want it to be fixed. And there's also things where I like see throughout my time that I've been here that like, oh, we can do this things differently. And it's like better, like, you know, our TV room we've started calling multi-purpose room. I'm a fan of that because I don't want it to just be a TV room. I want it to have, it has like a beautiful library. It has things like that. And like being able to like sort of change things as you live here because you own it, you know? And I think it's also sort of coming from the only having like a dorm experience is the only like outside living time I've had besides my family um, home and like camp. Living here, you feel comfortable in like common spaces and you feel comfortable like over time you not necessarily at first you feel comfortable just like living here and knowing that you're living here more so than I think like friends at a lot of friends that I have that live in apartments because this is also something that like I stepped into here I wasn't sure if I was gonna live here for like another year when I first came but I am and like I am living here for three years you know what I mean probably at least two right now but yeah. probably three years and like there is sort of like the sense of like this is my space now you know and like even when I'm gone like it might not necessarily be my space anymore but like I did like own that space and occupied that space for a time instead of private property or personal ownership both Seth and Laura define ownership within the co-ops as something communal, shared, and malleable. This cooperative emphasis on communal ownership is seen by these co-opers as something positive and exciting, preferable to the societal concept of ownership that is private and exclusive. So what does common space and shared resources look like in the co-ops? Common spaces are just any spaces that aren't um, 
like a private bedroom. Usually we think of them specifically though as like the living room, the dining room, the TV room, um, and also I guess the kitchen. And they're spaces that are available for anyone to use, but they're also gathering spaces, um, which means that you have to kind of be respectful of the balance between like wanting to preserve the sanctity of a space for someone else, like not being too loud when somebody's studying in there, but also that it is designed as a space for people to come together. That was Abe in his second year of living at Vale House. He gives a perfect description of a common space as not just a room, but an intentional space for house members to spend time together. As many of my interviewees mentioned, one of the most impactful parts of living in a co-op is the community that it provides. And these common spaces are physical places where this community is created and fostered within a house. The common spaces are the good part. So we have the porch and I think it's one of the best porches like in Ann Arbor. Like I really like the like circular aspect of it. Like You can hear Seth's excitement as he talks about the common spaces in Owen. In all the conversations I had, the co-opers expressed similar excitement and joy when describing the spaces they share with their housemates. And then when you enter the house, we have the foyer, um, and it's just like fancy to call it that way. It really makes it feel that like the house is older, the fact that we have a room that we call the foyer, and it just is like this entrance area um, with like the mail and stuff, and right across from that is our multi-purpose room, recently used to be called the TV room, but that's basically, it has couches, it has like a library with books in it from like years and years and years, and, and then we have the f parlor, and that's like the big really like communal area that's really useful for literally everything our house meetings are there also which makes it also feel like an official space at times um but it's just like a huge room like everyone in the house very much like can fit in there easily um and have like their own space while they're in there along with like when we have parties like if it's like a hundred to two i actually have no idea how many people can fit in there but it like can fit a lot of people in there with like bands playing and having a whole band set up which is amazing um and we have our dining room which is like the most open common space, the parlor and the like TV room slash multi-purpose room have like doors to close it off if you want it to be a little more private, especially if you're like studying versus the dining room is like the common space where like if you're entering in it, like you like consciously know that like people are gonna like, like people are gonna walk in, you know, and people are gonna be doing their days there and you're not gonna be alone. But like, that also means like, that's the room where I really think like you, like you're never gonna be able to set the vibe in there. You know what I mean? Because like people are always gonna be coming in there for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but like, it's nice. There's couches in there also for people to sit at. And then we have our kitchen and like, it's the kitchen. It's kind of hard to like hang out in there um, cause there's not seating um, in there. But like, sometimes I do just like stand out there <laughs> for a little bit and it's good. Um, and then in our basement, we have the laundry room, but like, that's really just a laundry room. Um, and then we have the scrone zone, which is like, it's like, it's a basement common space. Um, and then if you go, we have like bathrooms and like one of our bathrooms is a communal, like two stalls, two, um, showers, which is like, I personally like that because efficiency wise, it's great. And it's gender neutral. Um, and it has like three sinks. So it's just like. And it makes you, like, when you're, like, in it with someone, like, if you're both in the bathroom, it's kind of awkward. But, like, if you're both, like, just getting ready for the morning, I definitely think it's, like, kind of cute and fun, you know? Seth's excitement about common space, even a common bathroom, illustrates the importance of these shared spaces in cooperative housing. 
Not all co-ops are fortunate enough to have as much space as Owen. Smaller houses like Debs and Linder have only one or two common spaces for the same amount of people. While less common space has its disadvantages, house members are able to find the positives to these more cramped styles of living. But yes, less bathrooms, less kitchen space, more compactness leads to greater cooperativity. That's Kaya, the current house president of Linder. Frankly, when Kaya told me this, I was shocked. But when I asked her more about it and she gave me her explanation, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so if we didn't cooperate more in a smaller space, everyone would be driven insane. Um, because if you have a smaller space per person, the more you have to clean up the mess you make. Because if you make a small mess, it takes up more space. And the more we have to like really work on like uh, like the the amount of space that we have yeah boundaries and the amount of space that we have for like things that belong to ourselves and also to the house and like food is really small like our our fridge is is perpetually in a state of like Tetris um, so like we we really have to be on the ball as far as like boundaries and and sharing sharing yeah, and like I think that we honestly have to share more we don't really have room for non-guff things similarly to Linder common spaces in Debs a house of 23 people consists of a living room a dining room and a bedroom sized common room in the basement but according to Laura this poses no problems for the house I would say a lot of people spend time in the living room or the dining room. Like I said, those are really our only two options. Um, when it's summertime, everyone will be on the porch, me included. Um, we have a very, very long porch with really great seating that I think someone years ago made themselves a super long bench. And there's always things happening uh, on our sidewalk just because we live around all the like party houses and everything. We've got a swing. So when people are drunk, they'll come and sit on it and swing on it. And um, very good people watching. But yeah, I would say one of those three common spaces is where you'll find most people. <laughs> I feel like the draw in the moment of going down to the common space when I'm you know sitting in my bed uh, is usually like sort of a fear of missing out. But like, I would say more just like, what's happening? I guess I want to go check it out. Like I could easily do this whatever task I'm doing in the common space. Like, I'm just going to go sit down there. If something exciting happens, I'll be there to watch, watch it and participate in it and whatever. Um, I would say we're much more social than a lot of the other houses that are, are similar size. Um, but in that, I also feel like we're very social with each other. Um, and I think part of that is because the common spaces are so small. Like, we are literally forced together. Um, and it's a really good thing that most of the people who self-select into here uh, I don't know, vibe with everyone who's here. You may have noticed that the term used for all these shared spaces is common space. I had never really thought about this before until I entered these interviews with the idea of the private and public in my mind. Technically, these rooms that any house member has access to could be considered public to the house, but that term feels wrong for the situation. I decided to ask these co-opers that I was interviewing what they thought about the difference between this term common space versus the potential use of public space instead. 
But I think that the difference between the common and the public has to do with um, kind of respect for the individual. I think that in a place where you're conceptualizing it as the common, what you're saying is that every individual has an equal share of it. Um, I think that with the public, when you think of it that way, what you're doing is kind of creating this abstract idea of the community um, as something more than just the sum of all of its individual parts. And so the public is kind of an entity that's consists of all the individuals, but is separate from those individuals, um, which is kind of an institutionalized idea of the common. Um, so for example, in our common spaces, they're common rather than public. So if you want to do something in there and everybody else is okay with it, you can do it. Whereas if you go out in public and you stand on the street, you can't do something on the street that's against the law just because everyone around you says that they're okay with it. You'll still get arrested. It's not a public space because people can't just like come here, you know? And I also think part of that also comes with like guess is I do think that there's, um, I do think that there is like, when people bring guests into common spaces, I do think it's like, you need to recognize that you're bringing it into a space that isn't theirs. Like this is a space that is made for people in the house. And so when it's someone that's coming into it that doesn't necessarily live there, like recognizing that like, you should make sure that the people that are there that actually live in the house are comfortable with that. Um, and also like acknowledging that like, you are responsible for their actions while they're there because like, this is not a public space. It's not up for everyone. Like this is your space and this is like our communal space when I hear public spaces, I think outside, I think like open to the actual public. And I think one thing about the co-ops is that even though everything is shared, you still have a group identity surrounding being in the house. Um, and, you know, less metaphorically and more physically, we literally are locked off from the world. Like a random person couldn't just come in and hang out. Um, so I feel like, yeah, the common spaces creates more of the phrase common spaces creates more of a um, shared responsibility and shared belonging, I guess, um, versus public spaces, which is just super open. Um, I don't know. When I think of public spaces, I think of something controlled by the local government or something like that. And the common spaces are like we each share, you know a stake in this keep it clean because you want to live in a clean space like um i don't know keep it fun because you want to be in a fun space with these further definitions we begin to see common spaces in the student co-ops as an interesting point of fusion between public and private they are a public good but only for the private members of the house while common spaces are a public resource for house members, they also help differentiate the private community within the co-op from the larger public world. This communal privacy is important for the individual houses, but common spaces may not offer each individual the privacy they need. It can be hard to find alone time in a co-op, especially for those who have roommates, but it's not as impossible as most people think. Most house members recognize the importance of privacy and take certain measures to ensure that individuals have the space they need. We just like did a workshop and created a peace nook is what we're calling it, which is basically we had this, um, we have like a Harry Potter closet underneath the stairs um, that we used to store like dry goods in. But at our last work holiday, we kind of like moved a lot of stuff around. And one of our social chairs had like a great idea to like remake this space to be like 
a designated space of like if you need alone time and like if you need to be by yourself because like that is something that I think is a lot harder to get in a co-op. We have these such large common spaces and we have so many that it's often not hard to find one that ends up being empty. Um, especially like worse comes to worse the laundry room is a common space and you can use that and like people only go down there for laundry really or to like use the basement bathroom and like I know I have occasionally used the boiler room um I don't think other people do that but like if I need like no one to hear me at all I just need to be alone for like a call or something like that like I've used the boiler room because it's like perfect it's like disgusting and scary in there but like you're able to find it and I think it is way harder to do it in a co-op, but I think there is, like, you can find ways to do it, especially here. Yeah, I think, um, I think privacy and cooperativity are not mutually exclusive or do not have to be, but the space of Linder just makes it difficult to have the kind of privacy that I'm sure a lot of people would like. I feel really thankful that I, like, do feel very safe in this house and, like, feel comfortable with the amount of, like, privacy and space that I have. Um, but I, I like know that this structure could not be for everyone. Yeah. That was Schnee, who's lived in Linder for three years. Of the four houses I looked at for this project, Linder's residents had the most complaints about the lack of privacy due to the small space of their house. However, despite the complaints and the claims that they really had very little privacy, there were so many other positive aspects of co-op life that made up for this deficiency. I uh, like when people, I just think it's really nice that people can make up for what others lack. Um, so like, I'm really into cooking, you know, um, or like, I sort of cultivated that here. <clears throat> like I'm willing to cook a lot or I'm, willing to um, take on like personal disputes and so that makes me better at doing certain types of work than others and there's some people who hate cooking and just want meals cooked for them but they'll clean up afterward cleaning up afterward takes a lot out of me so I'd rather not do that um, and it's befuddling to me that other people like doing things that I don't like but I can really really appreciate that they do because it feels like overall less work for me to do two hours of cooking than two hours of cleaning um, so that's one thing um, I uh, get to pet a cat um, that's not mine a lot and I really really like her <laughs> um, and I don't have to work too hard to socialize uh, and I think otherwise um, throughout my life I've mostly had one or two close friends um, that I have to keep like make a lot of effort to see and talk to and this way I don't have to do that and there's I can always have the choice to like go to different events that are appealing to me um, and I think uh, it also means that, like, we support uh, each other because we, like, necessarily um, bond with each other. So if I'm doing something that I care a lot about, there's people who will be there to, like, um, like, oh, go Kaya. Something that I really love about Linder and something that I think, like, made me grow a lot as a person is just, like, um, necessarily interacting a lot and like getting to know really well a lot of people that I would not have necessarily spoken to or become friends with um, if we had just like met at normal events um, and I, I think that I really um, 
like grew a lot in my confidence and um, created a lot of connections and like learned a lot of things and um, developed a lot of perspectives that I, I never would have had the chance to do if I had not like been in really close proximity with these people. This is an essential message from Shani. We tend to crave privacy, and at times it is an essential need, but the co-ops also force us away from this dependence on the notion of private. More so than privacy, I would argue, we need moments of communality and collectivity. And the student co-ops in Ann Arbor provide these moments. We need other people around us in order to feel like our authentic selves, um, because we don't know who we are except in the context of others. And so I think that like having those genuine interactions with people are really important. And it helps when those people are people you live with because being around each other all the time, you kind of cut through the like awkward mediation of like expected social norms. And you learn pretty quickly how to interact with each other. I think that what it comes down to is that we need the private and the common. and. In an ideal world, everyone would have access to both of those things at all times, whenever they need it. Which I think, I think the co-op comes closer to achieving that than most places do. In talking to these members of the student cooperative housing community in Ann Arbor, it is no surprise that the ICC has been a part of the community for 75 years. Our society has so much to learn from the cooperative housing structure just one of those things being how to build a community that balances public offerings with necessary privacy. The structure isn't perfect and is definitely not ideal for everyone, but it teaches resilience and encourages its members to grow from discomfort. We should not shy away from the common or public or cling too tight to notions of privacy. As Abe said so eloquently, we need both the private and the public and the co-ops offer a model for how to balance those needs. I'd like to thank Seth, Laura, Schnee, Kaya, Abe, and Amaya for taking the time to speak with me and teach me more about the student cooperative housing system in Ann Arbor. If you want to learn more about student co-ops in Ann Arbor, you can visit icc.coop. Thanks for listening.